Welcome to the Rest and Recovery Podcast, where we look to educate, equip, and empower the listener with tools and tips from some of the foremost ex- experts in effective rest and recovery so we can live this one life well. All right. Well, with me today on the Rest and Recovery Podcast is Matt Hulk. He's a uh, certified unbeatable mind coach, owner, and uh, coaching practice of his own and uh, building and enabling people to build mental resiliency. So welcome, Matt. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Scott. I really appreciate you inviting me to be on the Rest and Recovery Podcast. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So uh, unbeatable mind, well, as I mentioned offline, you know, for the Rest and Recovery Podcast, and, and I think for me personally, mindset was always thing a thing off to the side, right? Or something some negative connotation of like, Oh, it's hokey or whatever. And as I've evolved over the last year and a half or so, I'm realizing it's probably the foundation of just about anything we do. Sure. Sure. I think, um, I think the world of coaching is catching up to that perspective that there is uh, so much more to performance than just, particularly in physical performance that, um, you know, there's so much connection, mind, body connection. And what attracted me to the unbeatable mind approach is that it, it even goes beyond that. And, um, we can, we can get into a little bit of the unbeatable mind framework, but it goes from the physical performance and the mental performance to really, um, integrate the emotional life, intuition and then uh you know the the spiritual or the word we use is kokoro which is where um a a rough translation of a japanese term for fusing heart and mind into action um and so uh it's a it's a great holistic approach to to really integrate uh development in in all aspects of the human being yeah, I like that word integrate is is we, we tend to it, it's part of the learning process of putting things in silos. We seem to miss the can interconnection point that they're all kind of woven together in many ways and interdependent on one another. Yeah, and I I, I covered that a little bit in the uh in the bio link I, I sent to you of how I've I experienced success in one area of my life. I was an ultra marathon runner, 50 mile, hundred mile races. I had success at, at the half Ironman distance and, and, uh, other distances and triathlon. Um, I had a successful career. I had, uh, you know, a successful relationship, but it, I, I struggled to really bring all those together into the complete picture. And it always seemed like to, to achieve in one area, you're sacrificing in, in another. Right. And um, unbeatable mind really addresses that, that we are, uh, you got to have the complete picture. If you, you, what good is a lot of money if you don't have your health and, and what good are relationships if you can't, you know, keep the rest of your life in order. Right. Um, so that, that complete picture idea. So let's, rewind a minute how did you come to this point as a as a unbeatable mind coach where was it that you realized maybe this is my calling sure i um i had a background in um the eastern arts meditation yoga tai chi um 
got my undergraduate degree in contemplative psychology, which is a very small corner of academia. And, um, you know, what, what do you do with that? Right. So I, I went into the restaurant business. I had, uh, well, that makes almost sense. a 20 year career in hospitality. Yeah. Right. Working with people. It was, it was, uh, useful, but yeah. I didn't have the practical aspect. I could have gone on and become a therapist, but it just wasn't my, uh, my calling at the time. And then, uh, you know, 15 years later, um, I came across a book called Unbeatable Mind by Mark Devine. And he is a retired Navy SEAL um, commander who uh, was, was contracted by the government to increase the success rate of, of BUD students. So um, in, in that program, they have a, a kind of infamous washout rate of, you know, upwards of 70, 80, 90% of um, candidates don't succeed. So they were looking to, to change that. It's a pretty significant investment in training. And he uh, created a program which, which eventually became what, what I'm coaching now, Unbeatable Mind, that flipped that. About 80, 90% of his uh, students through uh, what he created were succeeding at the, at the BUDS uh, selection process. Wow. Um, another uh, kind of feather in his cap, he was uh, the honor man of his BUDS class which is an achievement in and of itself. But he is also, as far as I know, the only one before or since whose original boat crew, part of the bud selection process, they formed them into seven-man teams. Uh, his entire team uh, graduated from that buds class. So not just personal success, but the idea of team success to leadership. Um, just... He, he's able to tap into something that fuses, you know, my background in, in the Eastern arts. He had a background in, in Zen meditation and, um, and martial arts that he brought to the SEAL teams. And that's really what enabled him to, to use that mindset to get through training. And then throughout his career, he, he picked up on, you know, all the, the Western uh, psych performance uh, kind of where you apply that to really have the, the greatest impact in whatever your mission is. Obviously he had a military focus during his, his Navy career, but as he's brought it out to civilians and, and we're sharing it now as unbeatable mind coaches, there's application across uh, the, the entire spectrum of, um, of whatever you apply your, your focus and awareness to. Yeah. It kind of speaks to the word, the integrated or, or interrelated thing you were mentioning before about your life is that, <clears throat> even these seemingly disparate aspects of our life that still are interconnected. Something like you were saying as psychology and then going to restaurants, what does food have to do with it? Well, it's understanding people. It's understanding how the mind works and what's going to help an individual. And then I guess it would be the same for like in the context of the buds or any context of our life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, they're dealing with some really high consequence situations. But, um, you know, even for, for you and I, uh, you know, career, family, uh, the consequences are, are pretty high of not uh, not tapping our full potential. So um, you kind of mentioned the unbeatable mind process. So maybe take us through that um, a little bit. Yeah, as I mentioned, um, we focus on 
in, in the really practical aspect of, of mm -hmm. coaching, we start with what we call a five mountain plan. And so we look at each area of an individual's life from the physical, the mental, the emotional, intuition, and spiritual component or, or Kokoro. And um, typically start with the physical because it's the easiest to access. People are familiar with that. Okay, I need to work on my nutrition. I need to work on my physical activity, uh, my health uh, from a physical standpoint. And then using that, we start to layer over um, various practices. So uh, using the physical training, we can start to talk about the mindset training. And then, um, you know, how, how does that access certain emotional issues, things that will come up during, uh, during the mindset focus often are tied to beliefs. And then the, um, the emotional component is that guidance system that's going to tell us where we're on the right track or where we're getting off track. Um, so I'm not a therapist. I don't go as much into, you know, the why and the history around emotional uh, type stuff, but we will use it as valuable feedback positive emotions, something's going on there that's pointing us in the right direction. Negative emotions, oh, there's something that, that we need to, to work on and look at and an opportunity to then pair that with some, some mental training to start to uh, rewrite the script that we operate off of uh, around our lives. Um, that, can, that can take a lot of focus. Uh, you know, getting into the intuitional, that's kind of where all of that awareness comes together. So emotions being stored in our body, uh, right. how we how we relate to that through our our mental uh, gymnastics, um, you know that all comes together with a way of knowing that transcends just cognitive, um, you know how we how we think and how we think about our thinking. So that's kind of where the idea of of mind is more than just your brain. You have a lot of neurons uh, in between your ears, but you also have a, a heavy concentration of neurons in your heart and in your gut. Yeah. Every fiber of your being is, is processing information. And that's kind of that idea of intuition is a larger way of knowing. And then we talk a lot about passion, purpose, and principles, uh, three Ps for, for shorthand. And, and that is the why, you know, that's, that's that, um, that Kokoro where you fuse your heart and mind into action because it's something worth, worth taking action on. It's where you really, um, I, I talk about it as fuel the, fuel the rocket to really get that, um, you know, you can do a lot with performance in the physical realm. You can do a lot with performance in the mental, uh, psychotherapy has unlocked a lot of potential in, in the emotional but when you tie all those around in service to something larger than ourselves, I think that's where you really, uh, you really get the go juice um, and are able to see what we talk about the 20 X uh, potential you know, okay. 20 times. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it, I wrote down portable success because we were talking about like your own story. I've got a similar one. It's like you have these pockets of success or excellence or dominance or whatever terminology you want. But then you have these other pockets that the you know bar graph, if you use a visual, is kind of lower 
and you're like, why can't I transport what I've achieved here over here? Exactly, exactly. And, and the short answer is you can. Um, and, and with a framework for what are the qualities of those success, chances are the reason you were so successful in that area is you, without maybe being intentional about it, had these other qualities where you were tapping into uh, a quality and knowing that was, that was more than just, you know, following uh, A plus B uh, equals C. You are, are accessing more of your ability to, to know and, and track information. And then probably, I would guess, have, have a significant why behind it. And I can point directly to physical examples. I, I tried Leadville 100 uh, my first year, made it halfway and, and dropped out. The next year, I organized a series of races, fundraising for my local uh, um, outdoor education component of, of the local high school. And uh, and finished four uh, fifty mile or two fifty mile and two hundred mile races um, in the span of four months, and that was because I had that why behind it. Did I know I was doing that at the time? No, but as I've learned this methodology and and the the reproducibility, what you call portable success, you know, being able to take that out of one area and reproduce it in another. Um, that's what I love about this system is there's some pretty tangible, um, blueprints for reproducing. Yeah. And it sounds like, so is one of those barriers kind of, you mentioned belief and that's kind of a, a hard thing to wrestle down based on your beliefs, uh, but also awareness. Can you pull on those two, two words? Yeah. Belief. Um, you know, I think belief is, where we are in that, uh, in that narrative side of our brains, where we're telling a story about past events or future events or current events. Um, and that's a big determinant factor in what we're gonna think is possible. Um, you know, that, that quote about whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're gonna be right. right. Um, and, and then I think that other piece you mentioned of awareness, um, that's, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. And if you're not aware that there's something to work on, you, you don't even have access to it. So um, that's a big part of our, our um, mental training is to build that focus and awareness um, and, and then spread it out into more of a baseline consciousness. And we use breath practice as, as the access to that. And um, the, the basic practice being a, a box breath. So we do an equal count inhale, an equal count hold of the breath, an equal count exhale, and then we'll hold the breath with empty lungs and start the box over again. So each, each side of the box. And that, that serves a, a function of arousal control. So there's a physical component. There's science behind um, that being just a good uh, way to regulate our physiological system. Uh, and then it has a focusing component to tap into more awareness. Um, I'll use box breathing when I'm reading, when I'm driving, and uh, just it's, it's um, not stimulating. There's some other breath practices that are stimulating, but it, it creates a very clear mind. And so you can see uh, the analogy I learned in, uh, in meditation practices, like a muddy pond, 
And once you still the, the waters, everything sifts to the bottom and you can see through the water. Right. So when you said uh, box breathing, I was going to ask you why you answered a few of it, but what are the reasons behind the box breathing? Is it because it's something that you can manage yourself? Like you're in, you're in the driver's seat? Uh, it, it's an incredibly talk about portable and accessible practice. Uh, the one thing you have with you your entire life is your breath. Uh, so you can, you can do it anywhere, anytime. Um, slightly important, uh, skill in life, right? Yeah. First thing, uh, when you arrive here and the last thing on your way out is, yep. uh, is your breath. So, um, it, it has that physiological component. So talking about the, the five mountains, um, you know, it regulates the nervous system, part of our, our physiology, uh, that's tied into our emotions. So, you know, as we're, we're getting into that work, it, it's creating a foundation um, of just being able to be still, to start to notice, getting into that mental awareness piece, um, just start to notice the thoughts. There's uh, that statistic, we have 50, 60,000 thoughts a day, and about 90, 95% of them are the same day to day. Um, so those, those patterns are pretty significant. Yeah. Um, so just learning to see, learning to, to read the writing on the wall of our mind uh, is the first step. And that's where that box breathing practice um, gives us a baseline. And then we can start to see, oh my gosh, my, my mind is just going crazy every day. And from there, we start to see, oh, it's, it's uh, getting worried about tomorrow or it's excited about this or whatever the patterns are. And we can start to um, use then we have some some mental model um, the the mental toughness skills of um, first the arousal control and then the mental control is where we witness those thoughts we can start to interdict or cut through the ones that aren't supporting a, a narrative that we want to create for ourselves we can redirect it towards a narrative that we choose that's supportive and nurturing of our success and then uh, using mantras to, to maintain that, um, you know, that new state that we're creating for ourselves. So in, when you say mantra, is that kind of like positive affirmations? Sure, it could be. Um, you know, it could be as, as uh, easy and cheesy as uh, feeling good, looking good, ought to be in Hollywood. Uh, you know, that's, one of, that's actually one of Mark Devine's. Uh, and, and when I when I can't come up with anything else, uh, you know, that's the default that'll I'll fall back on that. You know, you got this easy day, um, day by day, better and stronger in every way. Sorry. Yeah. Jocko, you got the good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Everything, everything is grist for the mill or, or fuel for our growth. Um, you know, but finding that, training ourselves to fall back on a phrase or a sentence or a line that is going to, it could be an image of a mentor that we look up to, um, but something that is a touchstone that we can come back to, to replace is the same way they talk about, you know, don't try and cut things out of your diet. Don't try and eliminate, find something else to put in, in its place to substitute. Right. So same thing mentally, when we've got that junk food of, uh, you know, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Eventually, we're going to start believing those things if we keep telling ourselves. So right. 
replace it with something that is helpful. You know, you got this. You're yeah. you're going to do fine. You're learning. You're growing. It, it reminds me of the book Atomic Habits um, that for me really connected in drawing what sounds like you guys are, are doing to equip people's action um, is drawing that connection of the, the habit you want and acknowledging that when you take that action towards whatever that is, if you, you want to run, but you always told yourself you don't like running, start small and go for a walk and, and run for like a minute. You know, instead we think we have to go run like 10 miles right away. Absolutely. So I mentioned uh, the first couple components of our big four of mental toughness, the, um, the uh, arousal control, you know, breath, gaining control of your physiology, the positivity or mental control. And then we use uh, visualization and micro goals. So you, you don't set your sights on the 10 miles. You set your sights on putting your shoes on on stepping out the door, on getting to the end of the driveway to the next mailbox. Um, you know, what is that simplest next step that you can take that's going to bring you closer to your goal? Um, and then I, I mentioned visualization. There's a really interesting way our brain works where uh, what we visualize in the future activates the same uh, brain centers as memory. And so it's almost like we're, we're remembering a future of us doing the activity we want to be doing or, or even better, being the person who accomplishes those types of activities or achievements. So you're kind of like forecasting or, or foretelling your own actions. Absolutely. Kind of telegraphing and starting to grease the groove of, uh, of where you want to be going. Yeah. That, and that's a great word. I had, as you were talking earlier, I was thinking – grooves or the negative side would be ruts right and we all have them and it's just what what is it feeding absolutely it's uh that's a great i love that grooves and ruts it's the same thing it's uh it's that pra what we practice and so practicing success and practicing the mindset of being successful is uh is where we where we want to be yeah yeah so how what is the process that um continue down the process of working with someone individually and where they are, like how do you, what's the assessment of the individual uh, along those five mountains? Yeah. So um, it, it's in a large degree. So we're a little different than some, a lot of coaching, they really encourage self-directed, you know, it's, it's all about uh, client driven uh, growth and, and them finding their own solutions. And, and that is important. Um, we bring a lot of tools to the table as well with Unbeatable Mind. Um, but it still is, you know, my goals are irrelevant to where you are and where someone else is. So uh, a lot of it is, is giving them the framework. So the five mountains, think, thinking about your life in these five different areas. Um, we use some, uh, I've heard it called motivational interviewing, uh, just kind of um, assessing, you, you can do it on a scale of one to five or one to 10. Um, and, and where are you now? Where would you say you are physically? Where would you say you are mentally? Um, and then creating that plan of, of where do you want to be? What is, what does a 10 look like? Um, and then what is that idea of micro goals? What is the, the smallest next step we could take to, to bring you from, say, you say you're a five and 
in one area and a seven in, a, in another, what's it going to take to get you to a six or an eight? Yeah. And then, um, you know, creating that plan, what gets measured gets managed. So we encourage, um, you know, introduce some, some ways of journaling and tracking progress, uh, measuring those, those uh, lead indicators that, that are uh, contributing to the results that we're looking for. And then uh, it's a, it's a reassessment uh, process where we uh, kind of revisit how's it going, what's working, what's not working. Um, there's a, there's an action bias that I really like. I tend to be, uh, you know, someone who is waiting for the perfect plan or in the past I have, uh, had that tendency and, and, yeah, uh, I can relate. To, <laughs> sure. Get off the X, you know, the plan that you execute on is going to be infinitely better than the perfect plan that never happens. Yeah. But is it the minimum viable product in the, in the business world? Sure, sure. Uh, software development, uh, they're a big fan of the minimum viable product. Uh, we say fail forward fast. Yeah. So just get get it out there and then you can uh, you can build the airplane as you fly it away. Do you find that to be probably like the biggest hurdle, the mental hurdle that, that individuals run into is that um, perfectionist mindset or the absolutes as opposed to a degrees view? Uh, you know... I think um, I think it's huge. Uh, it's very common, particularly because the people drawn to this type of work are achievement focused. They're the type of people who who are trying to uh, to be head and shoulders above the crowd, and so they already kind of have that that tendency. I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So so it's common, but but people come at it from from different places. So how long is the program set up? Is it individualized or are there some set gates and timeframes? Sure. You know, one of the things I really appreciate about this program is I've been, I'm coming up on about two years since I started. And when, when you get to the quote unquote end, I, I just went right back to the beginning. And, um, and one of the things I love about coaching this is I learn as I, as I teach it from the beginning, I learn a whole new level. Um, I, I think of it like a spiral staircase where you, you come around to that same point, but you're at a, just a little different elevation where you see things a little differently. Yeah. And, um, and so that, that idea of mastery, that this is a, a lifelong uh, self-development, we call it, um, or Mark refers to it as vertical development. So you have all these horizontal skills and those are useful, but we will ultimately want to become better at being human. And, uh, and that's that idea of vertical and not necessarily in a hierarchical, anybody's better than anybody else, but um, you know, just in able to incorporate and integrate more um, of, of what we're trying to achieve that kind of Russian nesting doll uh, idea of where, you include everything from before, but you have a little bit bigger bubble yeah. uh, that includes a little bit more and a, a little greater perspective. Yeah, that's a great word picture of just the, the, the Russian nesting dolls. I like that. Um, so what can one expect or often see at the end of a program or end of a cycle, I should say, because it, it really doesn't stop uh, until, well, until the last breath. But uh, <laughs> what what metric or what should one expect if I were to do the programming? Sure. You know, um, 
there's kind of a standard one year layout to uh, there's an online foundations course where um, the, the curriculum is built out around the book is a great uh, entry point, uh, Unbeatable Mind. Um, then there's the, the foundations course, which is laid out with 12 lessons over 12 months. Um, you can certainly do it faster to consume the material. But again, because we're talking about developing who we are as people, um, the, there's a, the, the faster, in my experience, the faster you consume the content, the greater the gap in the application. So, you know, you could certainly come into the program, have a specific area you wanted to focus on. Um, you know, if you, you were interested in working together, we could work together for, uh, you know, a set period of time and, and really focus on an area that you wanted to, to develop on. Um, there's, there's some of these core skills that I've already mentioned that, uh, that we'd go over and, and learn how to apply. And, and that might be good for you and you'd be off on your way. Um, and then for others, they, they might say, wow, if it did this in this area of my life, what do I want to do beyond that? So, uh, it is, it does have a longer term focus. I would say, um, you know, as I've spent more time coaching people, um, I'd ideally be looking for at least a year commitment from some, from a client. That makes sense. Cause like you're talking about some long-term rooted things that might not be serving you as well as you think or would like. So it's going to take some time to kind of work through those things to, un to uproot them. It would seem. It, it, it goes deep, uh, Scott, for sure. Um, Think about how long it took us to learn some of these patterns and how long talk about the, the ruts and the grooves, how long we've been uh, we've been following these patterns. Uh, some of them are uh, go pretty deep and we don't have to spend as long as we we spent making these patterns or, or staying in them. But uh, but like layers of the onion, often there's there's something underneath. And uh, and that's something we talk about that that the thing somebody comes to coaching for often isn't the thing, sure. you know, that's, that's what they want to work on. But underneath that, as you start to explore uh, more of, of the mountains and, and uh, more of that person's potential, often when we're talking about fueling this with passion and purpose and, and principles, um, you know, it, it can run pretty deep. Yeah. I mean, you kind of mentioned what you show up with is not the thing isn't always the thing. Um, yeah, cause we show up probably subconsciously or even somewhat consciously knowing there's something deeper there, but we're showing up connecting and rationalizing for one other reason or another. Uh, but at the end of the day, it helps us get in the door, uh, to help work through that. Yeah. Really interesting way of, of looking at it is that idea of commitment versus capacity. You know, we might have the commitment to start making the change, but we don't always have the capacity. And so like starting with the physical as the doorway to working on mental and emotional and, and on down the mountains, um, you know, putting your shoes on and stepping out the door is something most people can do. Um, finding the, the breath practice, that's something everyone can do. Um, and so, that idea that there's there's got to be an entry point and and figuring out where you can work uh, in an area that you have the capacity for without uh, hitting that overwhelm point. You know, comfort is uh, is a killer. 
but overwhelm is uh, just as unproductive. You want to find that, that sweet spot growth edge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some reason I got the word picture of like, um, a, a pool that you can kind of just walk into, right? Just cause there's a deep end doesn't mean you got to jump into there right away. You, you can jump in anywhere along the pool, but it might be optimal to just kind of start to walk in, not just to get used to the water, but where you are relative to being able to swim. Uh, for, for any of the old uh, Ernest Goes to Camp fans, the Stennis way, right? Where uh, it just throws the kid in the water to learn how to swim. <laughs> and, you know, are we, we going to want to get back in the pool if we've been thrown in? You know, probably not. Um, yeah. So like you're talking about, you want to get in, in the shallow end, figure out what you're doing before uh, you get dropped out of the helicopter in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, there's some buildup to that. You don't jump right out. But at the same time, there is probably a jump off point, right? There still has to be some kind of leap of faith, so to speak, into areas. Does that play into this at all? Uh, you know, the metaphor I really like is um, is the balloon. You know, if you stretch out the balloon, if you just blow it up as fast as you can, it pops. But if you kind of stretch it out, push it out, and let it come back to its shape and then you blow it up and let it come back and blow it up a little bigger. You, you actually get a lot more out of the balloon. Um, and I think people's growth is the same way. You gotta, you gotta push, like you're saying, push past those boundaries, push past those, those limiting beliefs. Um, and, and then, you know, contract, come back, regroup, recover, uh, and then go out and do it again. Well, and it seems like, you know, it's a validation that the contraction is part of the process. And it seems like maybe that's an area thinking even for myself that I've always struggled with is as if the putting it in reverse and retreading is a bad thing. And it may not be. I, that's, it's not a bad thing at all. And to tie it back into that, that breath practice, life is not a continual inhale. It's an inhale and an exhale, and an inhale, and an exhale. We have to go back and forth. And so there is, uh, you know, that, that uh, old, uh, there's a season for everything. Right. You know, we don't, uh, it's not endless summer. Sometimes <laughs> we have to, have to go to sleep for the winter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and there's value in each of those seasons, right? If, think of from a gardening perspective, when things go dormant, you're often putting something down for the, the soil to regenerate itself while it's dormant. So then you can plant and have harvest. And so you're not always harvesting all the time. There's, there's regrading, there's planting, there's watering, and then there's harvest. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, um, there's a natural flow and that's, um, that, that's what we're looking for is to align with a more, natural ability to, you know, our, our, our natural state is that we have these amazing capacities and abilities. We're incredibly flexible, adaptable creatures. And, um, we, we forget that, or we've lost some of that in our, uh, modern domestication. And yeah, so absolutely. reclaiming that is, uh, is one of the avenues for accessing more of our potential. Yeah. Yeah. That adaptation that we all talk about or strive to, to be that requires the work, but it's an interesting, if you look at other creatures on the planet, 
like they all have hyper-focused certain capabilities. We're probably pretty good at most everything, but it allows us to adapt to our environments, whether it be too hot or too cold, where certain animals might not be able to fluctuate from one geography to the other. Absolutely. And if, if looking at my uh, mentor in, in Mark Devine and the Navy SEALs, like they are ultimate generalists. They do a little bit of everything and, and through that are the most elite fighting force in the world because they are humble enough to be willing to use any tool that works or any approach that works. They're not uh, fixed. And so that, that willingness to grow and, and uh, be humble enough to, to take on expertise wherever it's coming from um, is a big key to their success. Yeah. Yeah. So what's uh, in, in somewhat closing kind of coming up on time for those listening, like who, who is the intended audience who would be optimal for using this program? Uh, as a, as an organization, unbeatable mind has a big, hairy, audacious goal of reaching a hundred million people in the next uh, 20 years with unbeatable mind coaching. So really, um, you know, anyone, I believe anyone could benefit from the tools from spending a few minutes with intentional breath from spending some time becoming aware of how you think about your thinking um, and, and using that to improve the quality of our relationships and our, our emotional life and, and thinking about how that serves those around us. Um, gosh, I think that's, that's something anyone could benefit from. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't get too deep into, or really didn't uh, get into some of the, the integral aspects of, um, you know, where people are, are coming to from, uh, you know, you think about a, a Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Uh, yeah. if you're, if you're down on the bottom and just, you know, figuring out how to stay warm in Texas, uh, you know, like they were <laughs> a while back, then, um, you know, that, that might not be the best time to start a, uh, a mindset training, but if you, if you have some of those skills, it, uh, it would certainly help you engage the volatility, uncertainty, uh, some of the the challenges that that people face, and and it comes from from anywhere, like we've seen, you know, uh, global pandemic, uh, wildfires, uh, cold snaps, heat waves, uh, you, you name it. We're in unpredictable times, and having these skills um, really benefits could benefit anyone. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, I'd like to close things out, Matt, with a few personal questions. So what are you reading right now? Uh, I'm working on a um, mindful approach to nonviolent communication, a book called Say What You Mean by Oren J. Sofer. And um, for pleasure, I just finished reading uh, Kafka on the Shore by Mirakami, Japanese author. Okay. Those are my last two. All right. What are you listening to right now, be it music or podcast? Uh, you know, my, my pop music guilty pleasure is, uh, is my Pandora Imagine Dragons station. Um, I, I do also have the, uh, the Chopin and the Mozart for uh, when I'm, trying to do some deeper thought work. Um, 
an old school Metallica station for the gym. Yeah, you need it for each context, right? You know, I'll give you a hall pass on Imagine Dragons. They're very good. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Thank you. I feel a little exposed right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, last one. So what is your go-to rest and recovery method? Um, you know, physically, uh, good food and sleep for the mental, emotional time in nature getting out in the mountains, getting around some trees and some water. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. I, nature is not one. I've, I've not been a hiker and all that, in it, but it's been something that I'm starting to get into a little more and appreciate. And, uh, through some other conversations, seeing the value of us physically and connected with it, the need for it with our circadian rhythms and things of that nature, uh, the value that that really brings. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, vaguely familiar that there is science behind it but just my personal experience uh i i never feel better than when i'm at a cell service and on a river or uh, in the mountains yeah yeah you can just yeah you don't necessarily need the science to validate it's just amazing silence and just restful experience yeah talk about being natural creatures getting back to our uh, our natural habitat yeah yeah well, Matt, thank you so much. How can folks find you uh, if they want to engage and, and get your support? Yeah, my uh, my coaching brand is Leader of One Coaching. I've got a Facebook page uh, for Leader of One Coaching. Um, my email address, Matt, M-A-T-T dot Hawk, H-A-L-K, at unbeatablemind.com. Um, yeah, just... Uh, hit me up and I'm, I'm happy to talk more. I, I could have kept going. You, you're uh, reining me in. So <laughs> I appreciate the, the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, man. We'll have to do a part two then. Anytime. You just let me know and, uh, and I look forward to it. Sounds good.